that lays the foundation for the Browns to be every bit the wild card going into 2024 that they were going into 2023. I don't know what the expectations for the Browns were going into this season because it could all go so many different ways. We didn't know what was going to happen with Deshaun Watson. And now, coming back for 2024, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. Is he going to be effective? We're in year three of this five-year fully guaranteed contract. How many more chances does he get? How many more chances does the coaching staff get to try to get the most out of him? What kind of veteran backups, if any, and presumably there will be at least one on the roster in the event that he gets injured again? There's just so many unknowns. The one good thing is the defense is great. Jim Schwartz will be back, and that's helpful. But, you know, unlike other teams that feel like they're on an upward trajectory when they get to the playoffs and have that great season, I don't know what to think of the Browns because so much of it comes down to Deshaun Watson and the quarterback play in the event that he can't stay healthy or isn't effective in 2024. Mike Borio on the station earlier today. It's overtime with Jonathan Peter, and we are live at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. You want to be tuned in all night. It is one of the best nights of the year for the station. We just have a bunch of different guests, a bunch of different people on, and so you never know who's going to pop by. There's obviously a bunch of important people in Cleveland that we'll discuss, but I love discussing what Forio had to say right there, and I'll ask you guys, 216-474-92. How many more chances does Deshaun get to get this thing 100% right? I love how he put that they're a wild card. And it's true. It's part of the nauseating part of this upcoming offseason, though, is the fact that they are a wild card. There is a lot of unknown within this Browns team, and a lot of that unknown is what do you get out of Deshaun Watson? And truthfully, that's, that's a, the big question you got to ask yourself is what do you get out of Deshaun, and can he be that guy that lights up the field again? Is that possible for someone like Deshaun Watson or – what we've seen in the previous two years, is that what's just going to be the tried-and-true version of Deshaun Watson? And, and maybe Stefanski's got to make some adjustments from there. How long do you play that game where you're waiting around for Deshaun Watson to be the old Deshaun Watson? It's a fascinating question that I think I, – I, I don't know that Stefanski knows what that answer is quite yet, but he can't go too much longer. Brian Baldinger was on Afternoon Drive. He spoke on the Browns' window and what they potentially have – as they enter, again, just a ridiculously uh, hard off season because we're asking ourselves a lot of the same questions we asked ourselves last season. Here we go. I do. I mean, they played the entire year, basically, without Nick Chubb. He's the best player. Um, you know, you take the best player off anybody's team, and are they making a championship run? Generally not. If you took Mahomes off, they're not. I mean, if you took Lamar off, Baltimore's not making this run. But Nick Chubb's their best player. So I don't know what, what health he's going to have next year. But I, he's come back from this injury before. I think he comes back. I talked to Joe Flacco today for a long time. He wants to come back. I think they should bring him back. I don't know if what their situation is going to be. But it's good to have a, a quality backup guy that can really help anybody, any quarterback in any offense, out at any time during the season just because of his knowledge of the game and what he's been through. And then defensively, they're not that far away, although I'm a little concerned about what we saw from Miles Garrett second half of the season. He just didn't look like the same player, didn't have the same impact in games, and I just wonder like what's going on, if there's going to be a drop-off or if he can just return to being you know, one of the league's most feared players. Alright, that was earlier today. Baldy, with, that was a wild... You want to go back and listen to that interview. Use the Odyssey Rewind app because it was a wild interview. One point he's like, he said something along the lines of if they had, if he had a percentage odds that was higher than 50% on a play... He wouldn't run that same. He wouldn't run that play uh, based off of the idea that his gut would tell him something different. I was like, okay, Baldy, 
Not a stats guy. Not really into the analytical world. It's crazy to me how somebody can spend his whole entire life in football and then in moments like that is just like, nope, not doing that. But he makes a lot of good points. Makes a lot of good points when it comes to the Browns and the offseason that we're taking on. And it's got to be about Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett and all these other factors that should give you a lot of hope moving forward. It really should. Now, there's something else I want to get to that Baldy had to say because I, I found this earlier today. With the Bengals needing to replace Callahan, this means that every team in the NFL has changed their OC since the 2022 offseason. So, the new version of the NFL just operates differently than the old version of the NFL. Let me put your mind at ease. You don't hire an OC to be the guy that's there for a million years. It's not a dream job. It's as much of a stepping stone as me doing morning radio at 23 years old in Wichita. Try to get me to a bigger market. That's all it is. OC, you're just trying to get yourself to be a head coach somewhere. The OC job is now just a big congratulations for being one step away from making it to being a head coach. Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson, all these guys, they get their audition, and then it's just off to another team. You might find out that you're a better OC than you are a head coach, but the whole point is that you're trying to get there. I don't know what the Browns do moving forward when it comes to that, but I thought it was interesting. Baldy talked about the fact that uh, not only are we going to be in the market for an OC, but now we're going to be potentially shopping for a new offensive line coach because it looks like it looks like Bill Callahan has got to be one foot out the door with his son now getting a head coaching job. Here's Baldy. I mean, if they lose Bill Callahan, forget it. Like this thing might collapse. I mean, everywhere Bill's gone and then left, the offensive line went backwards after he left. I mean, Philly, Washington, Dallas, I mean, all the places been. The line went backwards after he left because he does more than just the offense line. He does the run game. Like when he stands up in front of the room, he could be the head coach. Some people think he should be the head coach. He's just a commanding figure. And then to look what he did this past year with Jerron Christian coming in off the street, like getting guys ready to play, developing players. Nick Harris, pick a guy, Wyatt Teller. Like he develops players. He's one of the top three offensive line coaches in this business. It would be a tremendous loss, but it's the most valuable coach on anybody's staff. Yeah, I don't disagree. I can disagree with his complete ignorance of analytics and uh, the advanced way of uh, looking at football. I can't disagree with that. And I really do believe it's, it's just as simple. Now, listen, my daughter does not speak at this point. She's 11 months old. She says dada and she says mama, and that's it. And even the dada and the mama, it's questionable. It goes, it goes in waves. Like I got like a two-week stretch of dada. That was awesome. And I, I haven't heard of dada in like a week and a half, so it's very questionable. But, like, if she was speaking and she was like, hey – Again, 11 months old. She's not speaking. But if she's speaking and she asks me for anything, I'm like, all right, let's do it. It's a cool thing. And I can assume, and maybe it's a bold assumption of me, I can assume that because his son also got in the profession, probably speaks pretty highly of his dad. Probably uh, thinks pretty highly of his dad. Like, my mom did radio uh, when I was growing up. She was a country music DJ, right? I ended up in radio stations. If I didn't like my mom, do you think I would become a radio host? Probably not. That would probably be the, the moment I'd be like, oh, I want to be as far away from that as I possibly can because it just makes me think of my mom. Like, you don't want, it's not how this works. So I'm going to assume that Brian and Bill have a pretty good relationship. It's a bold assumption of me. But I'm going to assume they have a pretty good relationship when you follow in dad's footsteps and you try to be a, you know, an NFL coach and uh, be a coordinator and be everything else, right? Bill Callahan's got to be got to be gone and that's okay it's not the end of the world he's got to be gone though there's just no way he comes back in my mind he's got to be putting up the idea though and this is the only selling point the Browns would make because 
I don't know. LeBron has made the previous three years of his existence about wanting to play basketball with his son. The reason why LeBron is going to play until he's in his 40s is because he wants to play with Bronny. And I don't know. I haven't watched a million USC games. Uh, For the gambler and myself, I probably should have watched some more Pac-12 basketball. I like Cal. I end up watching a million Cal basketball games for some reason. I have not watched a ton of Bronny. I have not watched a ton. But what people tell me is going on with Bronny right now, pretty good defender, doesn't really do much else. I don't know that he's making it to the NBA anytime soon. LeBron might be hanging out for the youngest uh, James son in order to try to make it to the NBA. So he might be playing until he's 41-42. But that's been the goal the entire time. LeBron's basically his statement that he's put out there is that he wants to play basketball with his son, and then he's going to retire, and then they're going to give him that Vegas uh, franchise, and he's going to be around the same way Michael Jordan was around, right? It just, it's just one of the, it's going to be one of those things, and it'll be great. It'll be great. But think about that relationship. Bill Callahan is one decision away from that. But you want to go coach Tennessee? I don't want to coach Tennessee. If you coach Tennessee, you are giving up on the idea that you could win a Super Bowl. That's all I'll say about that. You're giving up on the idea that you can win a Super Bowl, and you're going to be in a process. It's going to be two, three, four, five years, and it's likely not going to go very well. But maybe you look back on your life, and you're like, all right, I got to, got to work under my son when it comes to him being his first head coaching job, and I really got to set him up, and that's just the, that's just, that meant everything to me. Maybe that's all right. All right, 216474-092. We're at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. It is, uh, I mean, we're in the middle of it. I'll keep you guys posted. Danny Cunningham's going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes or so, and then we're going to start getting some people rolling in here. We, uh, Holly Rowe already had her big speech, the eight minutes. It's got, you heard her on Afternoon Drive. That, that is a tall task to do eight minutes of standing up there and talking and uh, when she said on Afternoon Drive, she told Nick and Dustin she didn't have but 24 hours to understand that she was doing eight minutes. Like, part of the reason why I got asked to be an officiant for uh, one of my good buddies' wedding, it happened a few months ago, and I told him no. I was like, I don't, I don't really want to do it because of the time commitment that's attached to that all, right? I was like, I don't, I just, I'm sorry, I, I love you. I just don't have the time commitment uh, to be able to be your officiant in the wedding because it just takes up so much time. Part of that is like an eight-minute speech in between where you're just talking about these guys. I talk for a living, and even I'm like eight minutes in trying to be funny and trying to be conversational and trying to be everything else. It's just it's daunting absolutely daunting so if holly comes on we'll have to congratulate her because by all accounts seems like she did a phenomenal job jeff phelps has never hosted the greater cleveland sports awards as far as my knowledge is concerned he should be on the list though could you imagine jeff doing a solid eight minutes up there it'd be like andy griffith jokes fantasy football conversation and let's go over like a lot of 90s indians it would be awesome i would be laughing my you know what off in a way that I just don't know many people would truly enjoy the same way that I would. I would be front and center. If that happens, if Jeff Phelps ever hosts this award show, I'm taking the day off and I'm sitting front row. I, I'm not missing that for the world. It'd be awesome. But Jeff got spicy. Jeff got really spicy when it came to the Cavs. And I can't wait to ask Danny about this because I, admittedly for somebody that always has a take on everything, I think it's what my, my wife loves the most about me. If she's like, hey, what are we eating? Is it going to be a name's three different restaurants? I'm telling her the answer. Like, we're getting an answer. It's not hard for me. I'm a very, very decisive person. 
It works to my advantage in nothing in life except for this job and this job alone. Everywhere else in my life, people are like, why? I just want to have a conversation about it. I didn't want you to just tell me. But in this job, it works great. But I don't have a true answer for what the Cavs are going to do moving forward when it comes to Darius Garland because I can't explain why Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell can't coexist. Here's Jeff Phelps earlier today. They're showing that they – this sounds terrible. You don't need Darius Garland to win games. You don't need Evan Mobley to win games. You don't necessarily need Donovan Mitchell to win games. All three of them together doesn't work as well as when one of them's out, at least yet. Hmm. So what do you do? I'm going to Donovan Mitchell if I'm Kobe Altman, and I'm getting his agent on the phone and saying, you know what, if we want to win a championship here, we got to make a move. And I want to know, are you in or out? Are you in or out? What's he saying? I don't know what he's saying. I would think I Donovan, guess what are you putting on the table? <laughs> I would think Donovan would want to see free agency. He's allowed. You know, this is his second team. He's had a big contract. If he says that, though, I want to see free agency. Then, then I'm going to trade him. Yeah, then then I'm to. going to trade him. And if he says, I'm in, where do I sign? I'm trading Darius Garland. What I love about that scenario is it brings me back to some of the things I was talking about with Deshaun. I, at one point I said if Deshaun Watson wanted a mariachi band on the sideline and it was a 10-piece mariachi band, you go ahead and get the sideline passes lined up. It's what you do. If he wants red Gatorade in every single, ga- every single Gatorade cooler, you go ahead and do that. Same thing with Donovan Mitchell. That's where I'm at. After watching this stretch and watching the way the Cavs have played basketball, without Darius, it's not the first time we've seen him without Darius be awesome. There was a stretch last year where Donovan without Darius was awesome once again. If Donovan asked me and asked the Cavs, let's say, to before every single game make sure that everyone on the team lines up single file and sings a Taylor Swift song, I'm going to say, sure, let's get it randomized and you pick out your favorite song, we can do this every single night. Every single night. I am giving that man whatever he wants. If part of his condition to stay, and I don't know why it would be his condition, but if, as Jeff kind of alluded to, if part of his condition is, I'll stay, but Darius has to go, you made that move 11 times out of 10. Let's find out what Danny Cunningham has to say about that. He'll join us when we come on back. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here. All right, back at a year on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. We are at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. So we ran into Danny Cunningham. Danny, what's up, buddy? How are you doing, man? I'm good. We haven't been able to talk on the air here at 92.3 The Fan. This I know. Is, uh, this is nice. I've hosted your show, but I've never talked to you on air. Can How I give wild you, is that? By the way, can I give you just a round of applause to you because uh, not everybody. Spencer does a good job. Spencer's doing updates right now, so I don't want him to be in the back like, hey, is he talking about me? I'm not talking about him. <laughs> not, er, not everyone that fills in on overtime with Jonathan Peterlin does it the right way in regards to uh, reminding the listener that I'm not here I'm I'm obviously not Jonathan Peterlin. He's off for the night for whatever random reason, and then you direct people where you can actually hear me during the day or wherever I was, and you did that perfectly, so I appreciate you. For well, that. I tried. At the end of the day, it's your show, and also I'm very new here at 92 Through the Fans, so it's not only that I'm not you, it's also that they don't necessarily know who I am quite yet. So we're yeah, still but- we're we're trying to figure that out. It's it's telling everybody, "Hey, I'm not Jonathan. Don't expect me to be Jonathan. You can find him here." It was Here's nice. who I am. It was nice. It was nicely done. Not everybody does it. I, I tuned in. I didn't tune in to make sure that you would check off the boxes that way. I just <laughs> tuned in because I wanted to hear how you sounded. That's all it was. I thought it was great. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, did you hear Jeff Phelps earlier today? I did not. Okay. So Jeff Phelps uh, came up with the idea that uh, didn't tell Boehm ahead of time. It's not, I don't know. Boehm, do you have the clip? All right. Let's, let's play the clip. All right. This is Jeff Phelps earlier today on, obviously, Baskin and Phelps. Here we go. 
they're showing that they this sounds terrible you don't need Darius Garland to win games you don't need Evan Mobley to win games you don't necessarily need Donovan Mitchell to win games all three of them together doesn't work as well as when one of them's out at least yet Hmm. so what do you do I'm going to Donovan Mitchell if I'm Kobe Altman and I'm getting his agent on the phone and saying you know what if we want to win a championship here we got to make a move and I want to know are you in or out are you in or out? What's he saying? I don't know what he's saying. I would think I Donovan... I guess what are you putting on the table? So no. I would think Donovan would want to see free agency. He's allowed. You know, this is his second team. He's had a big contract. If he says that, though, I want to see free agency. Then, then I'm going to trade couple, him. Yeah, then then I'm to. going to trade him. And if he says, I'm in, where do I sign? I'm trading Darius Garland. It's the end that got me. And listen, normally we do the fan focus, 9 o'clock. We're not doing it because we're at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards, so I figured I'll just play other people's shows and their content and everything, and then we can react. But it's that last part. And, Danny, I don't know. I really don't have a good answer for whether or not or why Darius and Donovan don't necessarily jive the way that we think they should. But I do know at this point I'd roll out the red carpet for Donovan. If it means trading Darius, it's what you got to do. I mean, sure, I totally understand that, and I get it, but you don't do that one during this season. Just because they've won eight straight, and they're 13-3 and three in their last 16, and they haven't trailed in two weeks for the most part, with the exception of 35 seconds against the Bulls, doesn't mean that you make a rash decision like that. Oh, no, this isn't an in-season thing right now. I, sure. you, get, you get one chance to run this thing back, and if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work, and that's where you're back to the drawing board. You see what it looks like during the playoffs, but I think because of how good they've been in the stretch— we're quick to forget that Donovan Mitchell had the best year of his career last year playing alongside Darius Garland. Like, that has to matter to some extent. I know that this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world in general with sports. But you have to remember that it's, it's not that these two can't have success together. So they didn't have a good playoff series against the Knicks. If that happens again next April, okay, we're talking. But I think you have to give them that chance to do it because – Donovan had the best year of his career playing alongside Darius Garland. Yeah, he's playing great basketball right now, but how sustainable is this to be the every night thing forever? At a certain point... No, not sustainable. sustainable. Exactly. Donovan's usage is just... He's playing awesome, but his usage is so high that he's going to need a sidekick in the backcourt at some point. Maybe it's not the long-term fit, but you can't decide that until the playoffs roll around. Now, if Donovan signs an extension this summer after the Cavs have maybe an earlier exit than would have been imagined in the playoffs? Yeah. Okay, let's have that conversation. Let's see how they can reallocate some assets to make this a championship-caliber team. All right, so you're you're in the camp of this This does work. We're just in a really short, tiny sample size in the previous 13 games, and people just need to not overreact. Yeah, okay. Like, and Donovan is an awesome player. He is absolutely capable of winning a ton of regular season games. We've seen that his entire career. But we've also seen him not have enough help in the playoffs, right? When he right. goes back to Utah, you can go back to how flawed the roster was last yeah, year. I mean, in Utah, it was him and Rudy Gobert. That was it. Right, yeah. And even Mike Conley at the end there. Sure. He's needed help. You can't tell me that jettisoning, jettisoning an all-star caliber guard, maybe an all-NBA caliber guard in Darius Garland, is a slam dunk move no matter what maybe it is maybe they find an awesome deal for someone like mccall bridges and and it works out great i don't know but i think it's too early to think that right now you have to see it in another playoff run before you make a decision one way or the other you see his name is mccall bridges yeah mccall bridges why do i always think it was mikhail bridges it's either at one point in college was it mikhail is it mikhail right now and you just call it mccall it might be i don't watch college hoops so i don't know what it was then i don't know what it was when he was you don't watch college hoops no 
at none. all? None. You're like a big basketball guy. How do you not yes, watch? Because zero? all I watch. I don't have the bandwidth. You're I watch NBA you're every single night. You're just a Coach K guy, right? When he left, you were gone. Is no, I didn't was? even watch. So, at, once upon a time, I was oh, living in Minneapolis. Yeah. I was living in Minneapolis, and they had the 2019 Final Four. And I'll watch the tournament because March is when the NBA is at its worst. Like, no one cares. Everyone just wants to watch the tournament because that's where the drama is. And the NBA is filled with the drama every other day of the year. Well, the not fi- every other day of the, the year. Fi- that's why we created an in-season tournament. Come on, Today, Dan. there sure was drama. You can't tell me there wasn't. So the Final Four was in Minneapolis, and that's the only time I've ever been a Duke fan because that was the year that it was R.J. Barrett, and it was Cam Reddish, and it was Zion Williamson. Well, Zion, yeah. And Trey Jones was on the team. I was rooting so hard for Duke, and then they lost in the Elite. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. Why yeah, do I and, care? and that was a big discussion because it was like, uh, you know, that was the year Zion he blew out the shoe in front yep. of Obama at the mm-hmm. UNC game, and, and it was like, a, does he, should he even be playing these things? I was like, well, Hooper's hoop. That's what they do. So Zion could either be doing it in the gym or he could be doing it while trying to play for a Final Four and like actually building up a legacy. Yes. But it is wild. It's no, no college basketball. I will watch clips when I'm preparing for the NBA draft. Like I will watch specific players. I'll, I will find clips and watch that stuff. But you're not going to find me just enjoying Big Monday. Is that a thing still? I'm not going to do that. Like I'm yeah, going I mean, to watch the NBA. Ask Holly Rowe on stage if it's still a thing. Holly Rowe's on Utah Jazz games. I see it all the time on League Pass. League Pass is great. It's the I love best. League Pass. Do you ever get caught watching the uh, the the entertainment during League Pass? Oh, the halftime stuff. Yeah. One of the best things about League Pass for those that don't have League Pass uh, is that you get to watch all the different halftime acts. You get to watch the you know like when you go to the game and on the jumbotron, it's all the different random stuff. They always have those in between the breaks. I think it's the greatest part. I, I can watch. I can watch. Uh, you know, Red Panda. Pass or Prime. Well. That, that has been my take for, like, five years. She never is past her prime. Yes, yeah, she is. She's always she's not what she once no, was. She's, she's like LeBron. She's always in her prime. She'll never no. not be in her prime mm-hmm. until she until she uh, puts the unicycle up to the rafters. That woman is in her prime. When that unicycle got stolen at the San Francisco airport, she's never been the same since. Only time I ever wanted to donate to a GoFundMe, okay? That's the <laughs> only time in life I'm like, I need to support this cause. Oh, I watched the video the other day of her dropping some of the plates. Pastor Prime wouldn't have happened a couple years ago. Would it sure not? would not have when she was in her prime a couple years ago. You might be onto something. Uh, you have a theory about Tristan Thompson that I need to get you to put on air oh. because it's just that wild. And I need the people to know in Tristan in Tristan Thompson's case, I'm kind of pro cheating. Okay, I'm kind of pro steroids, pro whatever you need to do to stay in the game. <laughs> like and in- and I'll put it this way, Danny, I respect. That he cares so much about trying to get his few minutes in with the Cavs mm-hmm. and trying to really like make an impact in here because the ten postseason minutes he got last year wasn't enough for him that he's willing to go ahead and try to cheat. I, I respect that about Tristan Thompson. Well, the thing is, like he has been effective, and the Cavs are going to miss him. Which, if you would have told me this in September when they signed Tristan Thompson, not that he'd be suspended, not all that stuff, but if you would have told me, hey, Tristan Thompson's going to miss an extended period of time for whatever reason, and the Cavs are going to miss him. I would have looked I would have I would not have known what to say to you. Like it just would have made no sense to me. But he's been really effective as a backup big man, especially while Evan Mobley's been out. It's go- I'm curious if the Cavs are going to, with the trade deadline being a little over two weeks away, if they're going to target another backup big, because Damian Damian Jones just hasn't been able to stay on the floor uh, when he's been forced into action. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but man, it was when I got the push notification that Tristan Thompson was suspended for 25 games for what he was suspended for, I'm like, this just does not make sense because it's not something you see happen in the NBA. Like, the last guy that was suspended for this was Joakim Noah. Well, 
And he was very mean to Cleveland, so we don't he have was. to care about Joakim Noah. He was. All right, you, you dodged the question. It was a great, a very, uh, Thank you. very press conference. You listened to a lot of Andrew Barry yesterday, clearly. You're dodging questions over here. We're just going to grind the tape. Just, just give me – I actually thought Barry was great yesterday. I need to give him credit. Uh, give me your theory. Anthony Lyme, what the hell out of this one? Give me your theory. And I'm not going to laugh you off the stage. I'm not like some no, of these other people. No, no, I, I like the I wacky, I'm trying weird to theories. Think about how to put I, this I like the, the things way. that are a little bit different. I like the. Now, listen, it doesn't mean you won't get aggregated to hell because you might. But that's your problem. Well, that's you, what I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, you got to uh, live I don't with want that. To well, get you, you can't tell it to me in between the break and then not tell it to me later. Now, if you think now, judge for yourself. You're okay. I just wonder. If you think that this is a bad career call on your part not it, to it give this would out not there? Be the that's best. fine. I'll let you off the hook. I just wonder. Reckless speculation, anybody? Very reckless. Okay, reckless speculation. Okay, good. I just wonder what the motives were for this. That's what I will say. I think that there are a couple of different things that could have been motives for this because this doesn't sound like, you know, so often when a guy gets popped for PEDs, it's like, that's oh, not, well. That's not the theory yeah. you told no, me. No, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm okay. getting there. I'm getting okay. there. So often when guys get popped for PEDs, it's like, oh, you know, I accidentally ingested something. Like, this is not something that just accidentally happens, right? Like, with this type of thing, when they name what the drug was. Well, isn't it isn't obvious, though? He's, a, he's an older player, and he's trying to stay relevant, and he's trying to stay on the court. I mean, it's like it's not crazy to me. I'll just say he has looked really, really good in those photos that the Cavs post after the games. The junkyard dog chain. He's looked really, really good when he's been on screen, and I just wonder right. how much that plays into Let it. Let me go Bob Costas on you. Bob Costas was always like, hey, if there was a pill I could take to be the best broadcaster in the world, he's arguably already the best broadcaster in the world, but if there's a pill you could take – to be that much better, he's like, I would, I would take it instantly. I agree with it. I would take it instantly as oh, well. Yeah. So, like, what are we, how, why are we getting on Tristan Thompson here? I mean, it, it, it is against the rules. Like, I get that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not mad at it. it. It is what it is. It's going to be something that hurts the Cavs at the end of the day. But it's not like, it's not like a starter. It's right, not so, like so Danny, a starter. Danny player. won't say his reckless, reckless speculation, no, so I'll say I, it for him. I, uh, <laughs> Who's his supplier? Chris Jenner, we know that she she cares about success in that family. They are they have a family of billionaires in that family. Kylie Jenner was the youngest billionaire on planet Earth at a point. Uh, I mean it's it's a very successful family. I just wonder who else is on it. Who else is on it? Yeah. You think like Kim Kardashian's on steroids? I, I don't know who else has supplements. I'm I'm just it sparked a question in my mind. Who else is on this type of stuff? All right, last thing before we get you out of here. Do you really not know Mr. Plow? Do you really you don't watch any so, Simpsons episodes? I heard you I'm the other day you brought with that up. Um, when I got home from doing the show, that was Friday, last Friday when I filled in for Ken and Anthony with Daryl. Yeah. When I got home, the first thing when I walked in the door, my fiance had that episode of she, the she Simpsons should. ready to go, and we watched now, it. Now it's okay if you're just not. I've met a lot of people that do sports radio, right? And there really are two branches of people. There are the people that are very, very obsessed with sports and very obsessed with the games and don't really do much pop culture stuff. And then the other people are the ones that try their best to kind of like, you know, blend it all together, right? And I I totally understand if you're just in that first category of people, which is what you kind of made it sound like on Friday, that that's who you are? Yeah, like okay. I have a pretty big knowledge gap when it comes to TV and movies. <laughs> I've just I've not seen a ton of stuff. The last TV Your show openness on this is is great to me, by the way. It's who I am though. I'm not going to the one thing as people on ninety two three the <laughs> fan get to know gap. Danny Cunningham. Yeah. The one thing I'm always going to be is open about who I am. It's all you I've can got be. I've if I'm not me, 
I'm, I, I can't be anyone else. Like, this is all I can be here. Yeah. I've got a big knowledge gap there. I, the, last, <laughs> the last TV show I watched on TV as it was on TV. Yeah, start to, start to finish. Like, while it was airing to the yeah. general public was How I Met Your Mother. And that ended in 2013, 2014. That was a great show. I love that show. But that's the last show that, like, I watched every single week. Ted Mosby got married this last weekend. Yes, I saw that. Very happy. Uh, I believe his name is Josh in real life. Very happy for Josh. Um, think he's a Shaker Heights guy, if I'm not mistaken. Ted like, Mosby's a Shaker Heights guy? Well, the guy that plays Ted Mosby. Yeah, that's, I mean, I know, him as, Ted, so I know many, him as Ted Mosby. <laughs> that's all that's ever going to be. That's why there's so many Cleveland references in that show. Yeah, didn't he? Yeah. He went to Ohio, didn't he? I think he went to. Well, his parents live in Ohio. He lives in the moment. Yeah, nice. Uh, like when they went to the Yankees. He game. went to Shaker though. I don't. I'm, I just. I, I. So he's from Columbus. There's a gap I got here. Okay, you talked about your gaps. I'll talk about my gap. I had no idea. Why don't we talk about him among like great Clevelanders? He's from Columbus, so that's why. But in the show, but he went to Shaker. I don't know if he went to Shaker. He may have. Oh, you just made up things. It might be referenced in the show because you know Machine Gun Kelly. Shaker. Machine Gun Kelly, you know, obviously went to Shaker, but, but he's Machine not from Gun here. Kelly isn't from here. No, but everyone just acts like Machine Gun Kelly is from here. Correct. They act like he is. He Cleveland, grew up and Ohio. went to like a, he grew up. He was born in Houston and yes. went to like seventy-five million different places before settling on Cleveland. And he's like Mister Two One Six. Like he's he's our representation. Which, when people think about Cleveland. Listen, I love people that love Cleveland. Like, don't get me wrong, that's great. But he's also, you know, he lived a bunch of places before Cleveland, too. This is like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, everyone claims him in Ohio. Joe Burrow lived in Iowa until he was seven years old. I had no idea about that. I know. I know. Nobody ever does. It's just the reality of it. So the creator of How I Met Your Mother is from Shaker Heights. Well, I mean, that's and night and day, Danny. The guy who, well, the guy who played Ted Mosby's from Ohio. It's night and it's day. It's not like he's from California. I got really excited. It was like uh, when uh, when you had the one guy from Secession. Never seen it. Okay, the the one guy uh, he's actually you'd probably know him more what? from you'd probably know him more from Ferris Bueller's Day Off than you would Succession. I've seen Ferris Bueller's All Day right. Off. All right, there we go. I just my name. I'm just gonna name sitcoms and movies until so, you get to one that you got. Apparently, Ken Carmen has this list of movies that. Well, Ken's a movie guy. Ken's right. not a TV guy. He's a movie guy. But he has a list of movies. There's like 80 movies that he wants his sons to watch before they graduate high school or something like that. Mm. And I was going through the list the one night when I was filling in on Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin when yeah. Jonathan Peterlin wasn't there. Good plug. Thank you. It's this show. And I was going through that list. I've seen maybe, maybe a fifth of that list. All right. That could be worse. A fifth isn't that bad. There's some there's some movies that you would be stunned that I've not seen. Stunned. We'll have to we'll have to do it another day then. I'm, yes. I'm very curious to find out. I, I'm curious to learn more about you because we've known each other for years, but we we haven't been able to operate in this space. So this is this is kind of cool. I like this. All right, Danny, appreciate you. Uh, we'll let you get back to the the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. I see Andrew Barry is accepting an award on Miles Garrett's behalf. So that's always great. Who knows? Who knows? Going to actually who you know pop up later on in the program? Uh, Miles Garrett, Professional Athlete of the Year. Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. Thank you to Danny. Uh, we come on back. Want to hear from you guys? Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Would you trade Darius if it meant you keep Donovan? It's overtime. All righty, back out of here on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peter. I'm glad you guys be with me here tonight. We're going to talk to Anderson Vergeau coming up in a couple moments as he presented an award earlier today, the Collegiate Athlete of the Year Award. We got Andrew. Excuse me. 
I was going to say Andrew Barry, and then it, it didn't sound right to me in my head for some reason. Maybe because I just saw him over there, and he's walking away, and I'm like, oh, no, Andrew. Uh, he did a, his uh, press conference with everyone else. We'll see what happens there. We'll get we'll get Andrew and that audio to you guys if he says anything interesting. It's amazing. He just talked for 40 minutes yesterday. So I, I, he might be – I don't know how you do that. You don't hear from the GM too often. And then if he speaks twice in two days, I don't know what else new he's going to deliver or give off, but uh, we'll have that for you guys if there was anything new of substance out there. It was great seeing him accept an award for Miles Garrett, though. I, sad Miles couldn't be there to accept the award, but great that he was able to be there to accept the award on Miles Garrett's behalf. It's just a great night in general. It really is, just top to bottom. It's just kind of the fun of the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards is that you never know who you're going to see. You never know who's going to pop up. You never know who's just going to be around a corner. And it's just it, there's so many surprises. Like Joe Batonio, for instance, was not scheduled to be here. Nobody had the slightest bit of an idea that he was going to be here. And you look over to the elevators, it's like, oh, there's Joe Batonio just getting off the elevator. Maybe he'll join us a little bit later on as well. I'm not sure. We're trying to track down as many people as we can here at the Greater Cleveland Sports Awards. And we're going to get Anderson Verge out to you guys in just a moment. Nick on Twitter, in our Darius, uh, in our Darius conversation, says Darius hasn't been that guy for a season and a half. He was good his sophomore year. Last year he was eh. And this year he's been hurt. Freshman year, we thought he was a bust. Darius got to go if Donovan wants to stay. Yeah, that's where I'm at as well. If you get to a point, and listen, I don't know that uh, Donovan is going to eventually uh, try to pesci and goodfellows this whole entire thing when it comes to Darius Garland. I don't think he's going to go down that road. But if he happens to go down that road, and if he decides that it's either Darius or he goes to free agency, then the question is simply answered with you take Donovan Mitchell 11 times out of 10. It's just not that hard. And I, I can't believe that this is such a polarizing thing for a lot of people. I, I can't make sense as to why Darius and Donovan don't work on the court the, the way that we all want them to. And maybe Danny Cunningham is right. You know, we had Danny on last segment. Maybe he's right. Maybe it's just too small of a sample size. But we also went through this last year as well for a little bit of a stretch too. Last year, you guys remember, a little bit of a stretch there where Darius was out. And Donovan, I thought, played his best basketball. He, he was putting up 40-point games left and right. He was taking over games. He was automatic. And that, that's kind of what you want out of your, your number one, out of your big dog. Now, how you fill that up is going to be interesting. I think this question would have been so much easier to answer if Evan Mobley had that offensive growth that a lot of people thought that he was going to have. If Mobley was exceptionally talented at this point offensively and had made the jump, maybe it'd be a different conversation. Maybe it'd be much easier of a pill to swallow to try to look around and say, all right, Evan's going to be offensively as good as he is defensively, so he's going to be an all-star. He's going to be as good as the NBA wants him to be. You throw that together with Jared Allen, and then Donovan's got a real chance there. But you don't want to end up in the same situation that happened in Utah. Now, there was a lot of reasons why Utah failed. They never made it out of the second round of the postseason. A lot of the reason why they failed, though, was because of the relationship with Rudy Gobert. You just got to be truthful about it. Rudy Gobert won three Defensive Player of the Year awards. He was operating on a completely different level than a lot of defenders. But Donovan still needed more. You know, I, I get scared of the idea that Evan Mobley can get to that point defensively where he is. And then you end up and you're looking around and he's like, oh, he's winning a lot of Defensive Player of the Year awards. 
but that's not that's not really what we need right now. We need some offense. That's why you go out and get guys like Max Struess, for instance, the instant offense that he was supposed to be. Uh, you know, Niang, all these other type of guys. You go out there and got him because you're trying to give yourself a better chance offensively. Now, did they go overboard? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. I think they'd tell you that straight up. I, I, I think they did it because they didn't have much of a choice. But when you're tossing up 57 three-pointers, a team record, uh, just a, a week ago, and then you, you, you watch even the recent games, you're like 38 three-pointers, 40 three-pointers. They're playing a different game right now than what we're used to. But the name of the game has been and had been get them a lot of three-point attempts, make a lot of three-point attempts, and get that offense going. We can't be mad about it when all of a sudden the offense works. It doesn't make sense to get mad about it when the offense works. But at what point do you say it's working because we're playing bad teams and it's working because we're not playing the creme de la creme of the NBA? Or you look around and say maybe it's working because Sam Merrill is something. Maybe it's working because this offense does work with Donovan in a different way that it doesn't work with Darius. I'm not saying it makes sense, guys. It's like when you go to a restaurant and the pizza looks great but then tastes pretty awful. It's confusing. Your mind isn't ready to make sense of it, okay? It's something you have to come to grips with. We are hardly splitting the atom here in doing sports radio. But sometimes the pairings just don't work. We watched C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard for far too long to make the two-guard system be something that it isn't. We watched for way too long the two of them try to make themselves be the best two tandem you could find. And it didn't work. Ultimately, what happened in Portland, they ended up in a situation where nobody was satisfied when it was done. Dame time ceased to exist. And then the entire thing came crashing down, and then Dame obviously had to leave when the, at the very end after McCollum had already been gone, and it was just uh, they, they got nothing to show for it. I don't want that for the Cavs, and I don't want that for you guys. I want better for this Cavs team. I want this Cavs team to be able to have success. I just don't know if Darius and Donovan are the answer for that. Well, time will tell, though. Robert on Twitter saying the real Easter egg of a guest to show up at this Greater Cleveland Sports Award would be if Baker Mayfield just walked in the door. Ooh. I think Baker would be welcomed. Ooh. I don't know, though. I would welcome Baker, but you guys know I'm a big fan of Baker. So, like, that doesn't uh, – of course I would welcome Baker. And I would also tell him all of these people that are trying to make you seem like a, you know – the bad guy for throwing the second interception of the day for you when you went 57 minutes without throwing an interception and the first one was off a tip pass, I'd tell them you were the reason why they were even in the game at the end. You threw for 350 yards. I'm, I was honestly, though, if Baker was playing in the NFC title game and then let's say the season ended there, I did, I did kind of wonder what kind of flex Baker Mayfield would give off to the, to the Cleveland crowd because you know he still thinks about it. He's taken the high road. But you know he still thinks about it. Oh, Baker would be on my – that would be on my – he's my white whale when it comes to uh, Cleveland guests that I want. That's the, that's the top of the list there. Uh, coming from the guy that did the five, the five degrees of Baker Mayfield and tried to get as close to Baker Mayfield as I could without actually getting Baker Mayfield on the air at one point, I would love to have Baker on the air. But something tells me uh, uh, he's not going to come through those doors, I, I, sadly. But we don't know who will come through these doors. And that's why you got to stay tuned because it could be just about – anybody we are at the greater cleveland sports awards the show is wrapping up the show is going through the very end of the evening and so we're about to get a bunch of people to talk to coming up momentarily it's overtime with jonathan peterlin here with you on the fan